You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to our 11th episode of the Reflections Music Podcast. I am Jamie. I'm here as always with my man Ash. Ash, how you doing? What's going on? I'm very good, people. I hope you are all being safe and keeping well in this in this strange new lockdown period that we're in. That again, no one feels like it's really a lockdown. <laughs> but, Does not you know, feel like a lockdown, people. But I do. I do hope everyone is trying to keep safe. That's the that's the most important thing. Exactly. Actually. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, all good. All good here. Cool. So we're doing uh, what I what I think is the first of uh, a couple of polarizing albums. Maybe no more than a couple. Actually, I think the next few are definitely polarizing, and this is the first one. Um, Music Soul Child's debut album. I just want to sing, and I wish I knew what um, putting the words together as they sound is called. They said it on that podcast on the Questlove podcast. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. So basically, anyone who knows the album, it's not actually. I just want to sing. He puts he puts all the the letters together, and it's just like one word of which looks like gibberish. But actually, when you speak it, it says I just want to sing. Anyway, mm. all these albums are like that. So yeah, I just want to sing. Any initial thoughts, Ash? Before I read off the facts, and uh, yeah, we get into this thing. Uh... See, polarizing like. Immediately. What do I want to say? What do I want to say? <laughs> I, I, I loved this album when it came out. I was I was a massive fan. Um, I loved I loved a lot about it in terms of his tone and the way he delivered his vocal. It wasn't anything amazing that jumped out at you. It was just a really nice tone that he had about him. Um, and I, and I, it it felt to me it, it it I guess maybe because when I used to sing. Like I didn't feel like I had a massive range or could could do anything kind of super, but I felt like I had a a reasonably nice tone, and I feel like that's that's a lot of there's a warmth to music when he sings um, and he comes across. Uh, great storyteller. Um, I was in love when this album came out, and this was a wonderful kind of soundtrack to that experience. That. Um, that I went through and it was it was great I liked his look um I, again when we talk about the videos I think they were good snapshots of the time and of the scene and where where Badu had kind of taken the scene to or the, the what she had planted what she had kind of set this you didn't really see it as much with Jill Scott but with Music Soul Child you get a real picture of of where the the Afro soul music scene is, and it's about Black beauty and Black pride, and you know, like, and this natural sense of real soul music, alluding back to Stevie and Marvin and mm-hmm. all the greats. Um, and yeah, that definitely. Don't get me wrong. There's some there's some low points on the album, but there are some amazing hit songs on there. Um, and then, unfortunately, just digging into this and doing the research it's just it's a pretty sad story really and i feel i end up feeling really sorry for him um it's hard to like him but 
I also have a level of sorry for him because it just he, <laughs> he just couldn't handle the industry. Yeah, he couldn't handle the game. Yeah, uh, it doesn't recognise what he's got and what he's achieved, and he still isn't at peace with it as much as he tries to. Like, it's, yeah, no. yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, so my thoughts on this one. I, if you would have spoken to me, I don't know, uh, two months ago about this album, I would have said that, yeah, I don't think it's up to much. That's my recollection of it. But that's not listening to it for ages, because this is not an album that I sort of like just readily put on all the time. Um, but having to listen listen to it again uh, in, um, in readiness uh, to prepare for this podcast, I was just like, I clearly loved this album at the time like every song even the ones that you know you skip and i remember skipping them i knew them i knew them well yeah. so and I, I i obviously rinsed this album hard when it came out um and uh yeah to, yeah we'll, let, we'll get into it but uh definitely his look is probably the best look from like a lot of the dudes because I'm just like you look in the videos you're just like I just don't understand where you are coming from but for him <laughs> maybe because like you know he, he and I were the same age so at that time I probably was sort of like I think I started rocking the afro by then so um, yeah I probably saw a lot of myself in those videos like or how I used to look or tried to look at the time so yeah it was, it was actually fun watching those videos because I think him his album is definitely now it's never a snapshot into my life at the time what was going on like, mm-hmm. like watching those videos you're just like oh yeah 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 I remember I remember watching this I remember doing this at that time and yeah yeah it's cool so yeah let's get into it um yeah it's gonna be fun so I just want to sing it was recorded between 98 and 2000 and released November 14th 2000 so quite late in the year Jill Scott's was released what 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 was it? It was like May. It was early. Mm-hmm. It was a lot earlier, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, before the summer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the label was Def Soul, which is part of um, Def Jam Recordings. Although I think they had merged with Island, so it might they might have been called Island Def Jam or whatever the long the long name of that record label. I think in the early t- in the early two thousands, um, like from early from late nineties to mid two thousands, I tell you, record companies they. It's like felt like they were merging and breaking up and splitting all the time. It was like trying to get what what it was called, what what one label was called at any given time was difficult. So yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah it was crazy times uh, for record labels that ran then. Um, well, they, they were still just trying to work it all out. The the industry was downloads. Yeah, downloads had yeah, been freaking was, out. It, well, I, I, no, I don't even think they were really freaked out yet at that point. It was it was it was more about kind of CD writing and copying cds and bootleg and stuff it wasn't even we weren't even really on downloads yet so and uh, obviously you know people used to to copy copy stuff on cassette tapes back in the day so they i'm sure they felt like well we've overcome that we'll we'll overcome cd writing rewriting without too much stress and we'll still have a physical product um but you know the the internet really kind of started picking up pace over the next year or so i reckon and it really started impacting them yeah. big time uh in terms of how they did their, their business but i mean def soul was a big thing like for def jam def jam was the hip-hop label the mm-hmm. icon iconic 
status and around that time Def Jam started kind of putting deals together with Rockefeller um, and I feel like there was someone else as well that they did something with but I can't think of but the Def Soul thing was was a big statement for them it was their step into the R&B and soul scene having all having always been linked to uh, black music and black culture um, and it was a logical step for them to try and tap into that market and increase their spread and mm. increase their reach. And it's really interesting. The videos, like the Death Soul, was just planted right. Oh the yeah, the videos, just in your face. And actually, kind of the overall quality of, of the videos themselves, it, it feels like it's got it's got label money that's been put into it. Whereas some of the other videos that we've seen. Don't, yeah. don't have that level of quality. It doesn't doesn't look like a, an R and B singer's video, definitely. or uh, you know, definitely in terms that, of definitely money got, that they spent. The Death Souls videos around uh, about that time. You think about who was on there. Um, Drew Hill on Death Soul as well. Very glossy videos, like extremely vibrant. <laughs> that's that's what. As soon as I watched it, and, and, you, and always with that big Death Soul, like letting you know, and it's like a certain quality around it. You know what I mean? Like definitely, I think. Hill Ashanti, I think, was Def Soul too, from what I can remember. There you I go, think. Murder Inc. Murder, Murder Inc. Part through, of through, through Def, Def Jam and, yeah, and Def Soul, yeah, yeah. So I just remember like always having yeah those visuals and stuff like that at, at the time. Good times, actually. Oh, I miss those times. <laughs> anyway, so the writers on there, a uh, whole host, um, a lot, a lot left over from the Jill Scott sessions. Um, so you got uh, Music Soul Child himself. Uh, Andre and Vidal, Carvin Haggins. He was also part of um, a touch of jazz. Um, that that crew. Um, he was. He's also didn't mention him, but he's also. Uh, he, he's on the Jill Scott album as well. James Poiser, The Roots, um, and one other guy called uh, Ivan Orthodox Barrios, who's not only a writer but one of the main producers on this album, along with uh, Vidal Harris Haggins. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They're the they're the they're the people that created it. Um, oh yeah, one other, two other writers that I didn't mention. Eric Robertson's on here. Mm-hmm. He was also on Jill Scott, but I think only as a backing vocalist. I don't think he did any writing, but he actually did some writing on this album. And Jill Scott did some writing on this album, which I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know he's, that. Yeah, he's he's starting to take his steps into the into the field. And we all like a bit of Eric Robertson. <laughs> Just saying. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Just saying. Um. So. Um, the album uh, went platinum, um, peaked number 24 US pop charts and number six in the US R&B charts. I've got no UK stuff uh, for, for Music Soul Child for some reason. Couldn't find any UK bits and pieces. Anyway, I don't think it would have had an impact. I don't think so. But it's uh, we're going to get into this, but it's funny how um, your perception of things, um, how you perceive things. So let's get on to the first single, right? So first single is Just Friends, Sunny, which I think to me is his most iconic. And if you would have asked me what is his biggest selling, it I would have said this one because it's the one when I think of Music Soul Chart, I think of this tune. Um, but it seems it seems and we'll get into it late uh, later that no, it's not the one that a lot of people think of when they think of him. So maybe it's just me. Anyway, first single. Just Friends, uh, released 29th of August 2000, written by Music, 
Haggins. Um, and there's a sample from Sonny by Bobby Hebb. So he's one of the writers. And Ivan Orthodox Barrius as well. And this is produced by um, Barrius and Haggins together. Uh, Peaks at in the US pop charts, number 31. And then five on the R&B charts. Love this song. Who does it? Who does it, man? Sunshine music. I, I'm surprised they left it so late in the summer to release it. To be perfectly what? honest with you, right. like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember kind of bumping around to it, um, way, way before that. All of that summer. So I'm surprised that they left it that long. Maybe I just had the the import 12 inch and that, um, which I probably, I wish I did. I did have the 12 inch, so uh, I would have picked it up earlier than that. And um, yeah, man, just feel good vibe a wonderful introduction to him as an artist and his his style and his his soulfulness it was feel good um and just easy just easy the girl meets boy song boy meets girl song you know like you can't go wrong there's there's no way you can go wrong with anything like that um i like the intro and the way it starts with him kind of doing his beatbox and acapella type vibe it's He's he's giving you a sense of what he's about right from the get go, um, which yeah was really a really kind of quite genius stroke um, for whoever kind of decided to put that in and get it getting it opening like that. But yeah, real sing along anthem, the sweetness of the roads running through it the whole time, um, and again just a nice example of. His storytelling and what I started off the podcast saying, like he, there's no massive range, there's no super runs, there's no crazy ad libs, like he's just telling a story, singing it to you. But again, there's something in in his delivery of the words where he he's not just singing it to you. It's almost like he's he's melodically saying it, um, um, and yeah, like a, a melodic rapper almost, or or a poetry. There's there's a way that he uses the rhythm within his words um, that kind of just ties into everything else and helps, I think, kind of stand him apart from everything else or, or like it helps give him a signature sound um, to what he is and, and how he sings and what his musical delivery is. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's great. It is really good. Like I said, I, I remember bumping that, all of my summer when I was walking to work and the sunshine was out, um, I was quite happily in my own world, just bopping along mm. to that tune. Um, and I reckon I could, I could still play it in a club now and at the start of a night and it would still bump, you know, at, at any kind of neo soul concert. Abs- absolutely. As soon as you hear the, his, his, and then the keys come in, the keys come in and like, it's just to me, everyone knows what's about what's about to happen and the place is going to go off it and yeah. it's, it's just that tune um yeah i mean it's like you said you said a lot of what i was going to say it's so catchy it's catchy to the point where as a singer it lulls you into a false sense of security it makes you think that it's easy to sing but, uh, it's, not. <laughs> it's not easy to sing bro um i don't know if you remember but like um when we at, when we were at uni together the choir um i don't know if it was like a audition audition but when you when you were new you had to sing something and i don't know yeah, no, we all had to audition for it yeah. right so it was a proper audition see i blocked it out i don't know if you remember no. i don't know if you were there for mine actually because you were obviously there a year before me but 
I sang I try I tried to sing this. Dude, it was oh it was so cringe. Just thinking about it, it's killing me. And I was just like, oh man, why did I do it? But I did it because I was like, hey man, this is easy to sing. I sing it all the time. But actually actually trying to sing it properly, nah bro. This this He's got he's got that Stevie factor. (laughs) That Stevie Wonder factor where you think that a song is it's pretty easy to sing, yeah. and then when you try and sing it, yeah. you you can't find the key. You you're going all over the place with your pitching, and you think you've got it, and then you get to it. Oh, hold on, no, I don't exactly. have it at all. Exactly. Like I'm I've moved into a different key here. How you know? Brilliant. Because it's got such uh, no, basic sounds like I'm I'm mugging it off, but because it's got such that the catchy melody that it's got right and. As you've said before, he doesn't have the greatest range. You just think, I can sing this all day long. It's fine. But no, 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 no. It's, yeah. And yeah, it's really tripped me up that, that day. And I've never forgotten it. And I probably, it's probably why I don't <laughs> sing that song ever again. Oh, man. So, and um, talking about the video, you know, you know what I really loved about the video? When he, he's in um, that VW van, that yeah. like proper, and it makes him look, seem like he's a proper, he's a proper hip sort of alternative neo soul dude which yeah. he, which he doesn't sort of you know, now he doesn't like you know like to be cl- classified like that but that's where he comes across and I, I love it and it looks really cool the thing no, that he, free- he, they, they got the branding oh like, man it was on, man. so correct the marketing the styling so like correct. they knew what they were doing they, they great they record really, company work they really knew what they were doing and obviously he's rocking this the headscarf we said prior no one rocked the headscarf like him he did it correct no he did it so good. And, uh, but what was really funny, I totally forgot, this was on the Nighty Professor 2 soundtrack. Yeah. And it's like someone in the record label obviously forgot until they started filming the video because then they just shoehorned it in in the middle. All the, all the it's so weird, right? So if you haven't seen the video, um, there's a part near the, is it the middle eight part? Yeah. 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 They sort of, so him and the girl, they're in the they're in the house house party style. So he's like, come outside with me. He takes her into the 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 van, the love van, and then, then all of a sudden he's so he's like, he gets a rock control, turns on the TV, and it's like scenes from the Nighty Professor. And that's when you realize, oh, this is on the Nighty Professor's two soundtrack. And it just seems so shoehorned in to the point where I'm like, someone was just like, oh wow, we've forgotten. We need to this. It was oh man, it's weird, just weird to me. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. It show, shows the lack of significance that that second soundtrack had compared to the first. Right, right. The first right. soundtrack was iconic. The second soundtrack, not so much. Didn't have like, Which goes in line with the film as well. Yeah, exactly. Didn't the first soundtrack have Touch Me, Tease Me on it by Case? Touch Me, Tease Me and... <laughs> Ain't No Player. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the soundtrack. Anyway. Bad album. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. So yeah, that that was a uh, that was funny to me. But on the whole, um, great song, great first single. Gotta yeah, say. like they couldn't have done it better. Um, like I can't think of a a song on the album that would have been better as an opening single for him. And they did video right. Everything's right. It's cool. Mm. It's all good. It's all. You know what? It's to me. It's I. I just think it's the it's the song for me that just it just shouts music soul child like yeah, more than any other 100%. song 100% more than any other song for me I know it's not his most popular well I now know <laughs> but it's the one that says oh music this is music soul child it's catchy it's it's kind of light it's it's girl meets boy 
he does that so well as well. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of playing this song. Yeah. And I've, I've, it's, it's the, it's the his song that I've played the most without question. Mm. And I, I still don't get bored of it. I, I'll still turn it right up. And you know, obviously, I'm not, I'm not really looking to play it in weather like this. Like, I, I, <laughs> it, it helps when it's a nice spring yeah. or summer day and the sun's shining. You know. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it's it's got a timeless quality to it, Absolutely. which is a testament to to him and the writers, yeah. you know, and the way they did it. Like, great job, great job. Absolutely. So, moving on. Second release is Love. According to this, released twenty fifth of December two thousand, so Christmas Day. Christmas. Wow. Wow, indeed. Uh, <laughs> which is makes no sense to me yeah. um doesn't if it's not christmas or even if it was a christmas song you know yeah 25th december release date yeah I, I i didn't believe it at first but I, I had to had to i did i did a lot of research and sort of like yeah it's 25th december anyway weird do that. i don't i, I don't was open yeah, you could only buy that's stuff. what i'm saying Unless, i was open but, but that's why it, i don't understand it I don't like, know. Is it an American thing? Do they open on Christmas Day? I don't know. I never lived there, yeah. so maybe yeah, uh, American listeners out there, t- tell me what was happening twenty uh, fifth December two thousand, where record stores open. <laughs> That's wild to me. Anyway, written by music Andre Harris and Carvin Haggins. They seem like they were the team. Produced by Harris and Haggins. Chart position, uh, pop charts twenty four, and number one R and B charts. This is the biggest hit from the album. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know this is his, probably his biggest tune. Um, going on YouTube, this video has got the greatest amount of views and likes. Uh, 50 million views on YouTube, this song. Like, crazy to me. Um, Why uh, is it so crazy to you? Because, I'm going to tell you now, Ash. <laughs> and I'm not, and I swear, listeners, I'm not being a contrarian because I know sometimes it, it seems I am. But this song has never moved me. It never, it didn't move me then, and it still doesn't move me now. And it's strange because it's pretty much like the production of it, the style of it. It's pretty much a gospel tune, okay? And yeah. and I love yeah. gospel. That I love slow jams done in a gospel style, right? I I always have done. Um, but for some reason, it just doesn't. It it just doesn't work for me at all. I mean, I don't hate it, but I just like, yeah. It did. The weird thing about it. I actually prefer, you know, it was done in a Trinity 5-7, I think they're called, uh, a gospel singing group. They did a version of it on their album, I think, a year later. And I actually prefer their version. And basically, all they do is change love to Lord and keep the keep the oh. lyrics the same. Keep the lyrics exactly the same. Which led me to believe that maybe, because I know uh, music, he's uh, religious, so maybe he actually wrote this as a gospel song and then for... For, for the mass appeal part they were like change the Lord to love <laughs> maybe because the lyrics are exactly the same and it works for both and it's yeah but I actually prefer that so maybe maybe it's the voice thing I don't know but yeah it's just um yeah and I think I think this is the song as well which really really well I really re- realised that I don't like his voice I, I, it just doesn't and I think on the more up tempo or mid tempo to to up tempo songs, it doesn't bother me as much. But as yeah. you as you 
as you when you start doing the ballads and stuff like that where i think that's where you can hear some of the quality of someone's voice more it really it's yeah i think i've just worked out it, it his voice almost jars me on this now even even at the end where he does the really high note which he hits it and he hits it proper i'm just like i just get like not cringe but i just like i'm just not in it yeah so I think yeah, I just worked it out. This is why you, this is why you have a podcast so you can talk things out, organize your thoughts. And now I know why I don't like this tune. Yeah, it's his voice. Um, but it's a good song. This is the thing about it. It's a good song, and I mean, it's clever as well. Like the lyrics are good. I mean, like I I get I get it why people love it so much. It's just for me, no. And I'm sorry to be a contrarian again. Um, let's not, let's not yeah. being contrarian. Well, I was, I was like on Jill Scott the other day. I was trying to get a, I was saying, I was trying to get someone else to sing her song, her songs. <laughs> I keep trying to, I keep trying to get people to to uh, sing other people's songs. I need to stop that. But yeah, but I feel, I feel like, I feel like Trinity Five Seven do a better job on this song than he does. Um, probably because they're better singers. Um, yeah, and that's how I feel. Ash, tell me, you're one of the people that love uh... it, right? I don't. It's it's not my favorite. It's I think it's the I think it's the peak of the album. So a lot of the times when we've spoken about these albums, I've talked about the journey of the album and and how they this sequence. And this is this is a high point of the sequence where it comes after a couple of really big big songs, big hits, um, and this kind of finishes off that round of hits. And it's. It's a really interesting story about love, and it's interesting that you you make that point about the Lord and swapping the words out because it, it he's not singing about love in the traditional sense. No, nope. it's, it's and and to be fair, the video displays that as well. They're mm-hmm. talking about the different relationships that you can have with love and and how it works. And I, uh, from a songwriting point of view, I really like that. I really mm. like that. It's it's not the standard, and they've gone about it in a completely or just try to show the range that love has and the yeah. different types of love that you have mm-hmm. in your life. Um, and that, that impacts you. Um, and again, I think it's, I really like the way on a lot of these songs, it's like, there's this little intro where there might be a little bit of music or it will just kind of kick in with him kind of saying a first few couple of lines and, it happens on about three or four tracks mm-hmm. and it's like this signature to what he does and how they build it up. And I really, really like it. It's, it's it, like, the, again, the way he delivers his words, is it love? So many things I've got to tell you, but I'm afraid I don't know how, because there's a possibility you'll look at me differently. Mm-hmm. Like the way they do it, you hear every word that he's saying. It's not a D'Angelo where you don't know what the hell he's, oh, no. he's going on about. Like, he's very clear. You, you, you can't miss a lyric. You, you understand yeah, exactly and, what and, he's saying. Yeah, and that's that's what I like, you know. And when they get into the second verse and the many nights I've cried for you, longed for you, wanting you, you really feel that pain. And I think that that's why it connects with so many people and and why so many people have. Um, I've kind of jumped to it and it's their go-to because it's a powerful song. It's it's really powerful. Um, and then obviously then it, there's this massive build up and the organs come in as well. And, mm. you know, again, I don't know why I've never looked at it a gospel, as a gospel tune before. You said it like mm. it is, it's pure gospel, uh, pure gospel, man. 
um, and even with the the accompaniment of the voices, you know, like after he hits that high note, mm-hmm. and you know, it is like a and it's it's not like it's his voice leading leading the choir coming back in um, to sing the chorus. He's while he's still holding that note, it feels like a big chorus of an anthem of people singing it, um, and I didn't realize the power of that note. Uh, until like a, a week or so ago when I was listening to it in the car and like and I was just driving because again I've had this whole thing in my head where you know he's not the greatest singer mm. he doesn't have the greatest range and I was like rah no, he, hits, he hits that man he really <laughs> he like yeah, he hits does. it yeah, he and, does. and this is and this is part of his problem because he hits this note and he hits it like a pro and it's a iconic note and mm-hmm. it's an iconic part of his yep. song library so therefore every time you go to see him live you're going to want to see him hit that note and he can't handle it he can't he ain't got it no. it is one thing to get it in the studio when you might have had two or three different takes and you know or maybe more whatever but like and, and don't get me we won't take anything away from the note that he's hit but he doesn't sing a lot of falsetto throughout. He don't really hit many of those notes unless he's kind of ad-libbing and it's fading out at the end of the song, you know? But this is a key point. So now, every night he's on the road, he got to go out and deliver that. Yeah, and it's his biggest song. <laughs> I have never right. thought, I haven't thought about that before, Ash, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's his biggest song, so you know he has to do that. He's, he does his song every night, and that note is iconic. Like I'm saying, it's not a song that I love, but I know that note's in there. But mm. it now you're saying that about not being able to hack it because you like you say he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it again in in the in the album. Not really. Contrast that with another one um, singer we've done who who does do that kind of four set scream a lot. Eric Benet. He does it on about eight <laughs> tracks. You know, he's like this is like I do this all day long. Do you know what I mean? This yeah, is he's got it. He's got it. He's he's got it. Whereas yeah it's like obviously music was in the in the studio and inspired and and he just did it and you know it might have taken him a few well, takes look but... he was he was probably working on it he was probably working on his full set but again some of the interviews that i've listened to like he, he actively says like you know that that's not a range of his voice that he's used to using or was used to using and all of a sudden he's done that and then he's going out every night and people want it and he can't give it and he he's he said he he handed the mic over to the crowd and let the crowd sing it because he couldn't do it. Because he couldn't do it. He just let them do the sing-along. Like, and he's got this, and this is part of of, um, his unfortunate problem that he's, he's, he's not able to satisfy his crowd. Um, He's not able to give them what he wants and it haunts him rather than him just accepting what he is able to do and what he can do and just working on it. And like, again, that false, he doesn't sound like a trained singer. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm bashing on him so much. I don't mean to bash on him. There's nothing wrong with you not being a trained <laughs> singer. It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. there's nothing this wrong with it. That's your lane. That's what you do. Like, so you just have to own that and recognize that that's your singing style and, and that's what you do. Um, and I would imagine that after him doing that, 
every album that he released afterwards, all the record companies, all the managers, all the producers would have been pushing him to get that note out again. Um, and I, again, I might be wrong, but I feel like it's, it, it has ended up setting him up for failure in the long term because he's not able to give people what they want or what they expect um, and not what he really wants to give them either. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about this later, but, you know, part of the reason why I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm down on him, but part of the reason he's not, I don't hold him in, in as high as esteem as a lot of the other artists we've done is because of that, that one time we went to see him live. Was it Shepherd's Bush? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he had so many issues that night anyway, but just like his voice was one, but it's, it's, his voice was one, but also he just seemed really uneasy but uneasy but not uneasy like over overly confident right because he was uneasy that's what that's what came across to me it's like so he's uneasy being there not comfortable in his skin but because of that then affecting this arrogance and stuff and basically that's fine i'm a prince fan so i love arrogance however but if you're not giving me anything that i can latch onto then to me that's just it's misplaced arrogance and i'm just like I was just I just remember leaving leaving that show thinking you are you're dead to me now uh, I was like I've, I've almost never forgiven him I've bought other albums I've forgiven him but do you know what therein I mean? lies his problem though because and he, he talks about it he talks about promoters not wanting to give him the same money that they agreed for because people were leaving unhappy and not wanting their their money back because he's not delivering what people are expecting him to deliver and you know, and then he builds up resentment off the back of it, and it's you know, it don't it don't make for a good show, um, and it doesn't make for a good artist either, like especially one that has the following that he has and that he's created. You know, it's it's really really sad to be perfectly honest with you because he's he's given so much, he's given so much quality and so much goodness to people's lives through his music. And he's had an impact that so many artists would dream to have, like dream to have anywhere near the impact that he's had from his from one album. And all of the other albums, they don't match this one, but there are songs on those albums that are part of people's lives and part of the people fabric of people's lives. On, on all of his albums, he's got that. All right, maybe not so much in the last five to ten years, but those first four, five albums, mm. he's got some amazing moments in there. And he's he's not comfortable with it. And he, he can't, he's not happy. Sad, man. So sad. Record industry, man. It's a, yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely resentful. You watch any any interview, even... I mean, oh, I was watching one that he did at the time. Actually, you think he he's riding high? He seemed quite resentful even then, and that was back in two thousand. And then, then we go into it. So he like you know he talked the way he talks about these songs and that they were just ideas and stuff that he was he was just mucking about in the studio with these guys. He was trying to think about where he was going to be sleeping the next day, not yeah about this turning into something and this being his first album. And the next thing he knows. The producers have put all these songs together, got it, got it signed off by a label, and he's in a deal. Yeah, and he's putting out this first album, which, by all accounts, doesn't sound like it's the first album he wanted to give to the world. Um, it's or the the authentic music soul child album that he wanted to 
to deliver. And because everyone loves it, but yeah. it's not, he, he doesn't really feel like it's his. Or, and maybe that's just what he's telling us. I don't know. But yeah, he finds it hard. And then he's just had to kind of, and then again, there are R&B elements to this album. So he is one of those, he is one of the neo soul artists that, that can be put in an R&B bracket and you don't like it. Ab- absolutely. Don't like it at all. Absolutely. Uh, he, yeah. I mean, Yeah. Let's talk about it now. We're talking about, it. yeah. He's definitely um, has an issue with like, am I neo soul? Am I R and B? And I'm like, hey man, just be both, because you do yeah. both well anyway. Like we'll get into it. Like some of the best of the rest, they're like straight R and B. They're straight R and B tunes. Do you get? You get what I mean? Like, and that's and that's fine. I love R and B. So just be cool with it. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what his issue with is with how he was labeled dude he wants to be stevie man he wants to be stevie listen we all want to be stevie we all want to be prince we don't get what we want man come on like get over it dude <laughs> be you. <laughs> yeah, be dude, you be you be you i mean and i don't think he's found it i no. don't i don't, I don't, I don't no. think he you know it, it again it just it, it's I, so heartbreaking to hear him talk like it, really it, it is heartbreaking and he makes good music really good writer excellent lyrics yeah. i mean if you're to me definitely like easily one of the better storytellers in the genre like easily easily right you just he drags you in hence why considering that i realized i didn't like his voice from the first album i bought the second third fourth do you get what i mean because mm-hmm. i know it's going to be like it's, it's, there's going to be some kind of journey and it's going to be interesting there's going to be some jokes in there some some things that you feel like oh gosh I've been through that and he's yeah exactly how he said it so you know really good just embrace embrace your talent like so at, at some point you got to, you got to, you got to realise that you can't be you want to be like your idol but your your idol is is a legend and a genius for a reason and sometimes you just got to do you Right, yeah. and don't get and don't get caught up in trying to be something that you're not, you know. And and yeah, he do, he does what he does really well, and he should he should just be happy with that. Anyway, should we get into the third and final release, Ash? Mm. All right, it's <laughs> my favorite my favorite song of this album, "Girl Next Door," released twenty second of May two thousand and one. Sorry, two thousand and one. Uh, written by Music. Jill Scott was on this one, Haggins and a guy called Ed Green because there's a sample of another tune in here, which I can't remember what the tune is. Um, produced by Harris and Haggins again. Um, this one is the third single, and you, and the uh, the chart positions they reflect that uh, 85 in the US pop charts and only 28 in the R&B charts. But worth more than a 28. Oh man, it's worth more than a 28 in 2001. Dude. Definitely. This song, this song starts and it makes so much sense. Even though we've already said that um, Just Friends is definitely a great opening single, but this song as an opener to an album, because you you got the interlude first and then this is the first full track. When that, when that, (laughs) (laughs) every time I'm like, yo, oh man, this song is, oh, it's my jam. And what I, what I love about this song as well, it feels like around about like late 90s, early 2000s, there were loads of 
black romantic movies not romantic comedies but romantic movies right you had love and basketball you had love jones and this song sounds like it should have been on that soundtrack it's like to me this song the lyrics to this song is love and basketball basically Mm -hmm. and i'm like what i had to go back and double check to see if this song wasn't on it (laughs) i was like why wasn't on it before it's time isn't it was it no when did love and basketball came out i swear it came out like late 90s early 2000s yeah well this is this is 2000 2001 Mm. I, yeah. I think it might have just missed it. Oh man, such a shame! Such yeah. a shame. Oh man, it's so good. And again, it's um, boy meets girl. No, it's not boy meets girl. This is this is more like a beautiful thing. Like uh, actually, you explain it. <laughs> you explain. You probably explain it better me. <laughs> no, just just you know, you're growing up and you're friends with someone, and yeah, they're your exactly. friends, and that's that's all there is to it. And then. You get grown and life becomes about other things and you see what that person has grown into. And Yes. You yeah. know, the girl yeah. next door. The storyline yeah. The storyline from Love of Basketball, basically. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much what it is. Life, life changes. And it's, it, again, the lyrics in it, really good. Not, they're not, he reminds me of, um, he reminds me of Jill Scott in a way where their lyrics, they write really good lyrics, but they're not sort of like, um, they're not like massively poetic. I, I know Jill Scott's a poet, but they're lyrics that you can understand. You don't have to, they're not like, it's not like an overuse of metaphors or yeah. any of that kind of stuff. It's just sort of like plain old, I'm saying, I'm saying what I feel, I'm saying what I mean, or what I mean mm-hmm. is what I say. And I love that, you know? And it's just like, even like the middle eight part when she's like, when she goes, you're so fine now. And he says, girl, stop playing. I love that because it's so funny. And it's like, it's kind of shit that I would say as well. It's like, man, you don't mean that shit. And I hope you really do. But you don't mean it. But, but it's like, it's it like, oh yeah, this tune's lovely, man. It's it's really, it's just, again, similar to similar to um, Just Friends in that. It's just well-written, really catchy. Oh, the, the chorus is so catchy. One of the few songs actually that starts with the chorus. Oh yeah, most exactly. of the songs start with the verse, and, That's and this right. one really kind of kicks in with that full. I think because full chorus, let you know what it is. It's such a strong chorus as well, and mm. it, it's yeah, I, I just sing it all the time. I've yeah, since I start since I've been really listening to this album, I've just been singing it all the time. It's just this one and one of the other ones we get into later. Um, but yeah, I love the the uh, the chart position is a bit like oh, but hey. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? People don't always no, like what you like. People don't always and, like. And what again, like. and again, we're we're in a in a time where the album is still king, and especially in this mm-hmm. genre of music, you know, where where singles are just there as adverts, really. Like you, you should have already got the album, and you should already already be well invested mm. into into the whole project, really. And you already love that song. Again, one of the songs that we will you could put on in a club at a show and it'll bump and it'll pop off. Um, Shout out to Aries. Aries. Oh man. Just nails it. They really did not get the, the limelight that they deserve. They had some amazing records. I've got, I've got an Aries 12 inch. It's got about two or three songs. Um, They were so good. So good. They really should have, should have had more that's that's the female vocal that's that's on this track yeah. and on on uh, one of the other tracks on the album on... it will come they to really... me it will come to me 
Go on. Yeah, they, they were on, they were on Atlantic. They they had some stuff, and yeah, they they more should have come from them. Really, they're amazing. Um, but yeah, adds to the story. Adds to the like. I, I love the way they come settle, together. Settle for my love. She's on. Yeah, and the the middle eight is you know where they come together and they do that back mm. and forth, mm-hmm. and then they come together in harmony to go into that final chorus. It's gorgeous. Voices, com- voices, voices really complement each other. Again, that's mm. why it's it's weird. Maybe because his voice is so sort of um, like t- tone wise, it's quite quite low. And hers, even for a female, it's quite sort of like high up there and like tone wise. And it just complements each other so well. And again, like the interplay between the two voices, ah, it's lovely. Ah, it's beautiful, man. It's yeah, it's it's an excellent song. Well written again. It's got that. Even though this is, um, um, it's funny. I was watching one of the uh, another one of his interviews, and um, he what he really wanted to work with Dre and Vidal, but Dre and yeah. Vidal were they were proper hardcore in on Jill Scott's album at this time. Mm. So, so he got one of the other guys mostly, which was the Carvin Haggins, yeah. And there's an interview, and he sounds so bitter about it, like. I was reading this interview and he was like saying, oh yeah, I really wanted to work with Dre and Vidal, but they were like with Jill Scott. So, you know, I got to work with other guys and I'm like, man, Carvin Haggins did a great job on your album. And he was like, oh, he goes, yeah. And he goes, Andre Harris, he's on a couple of tunes, but that's because like Carvin Haggins asked him to be on a tune, but I didn't really work with those guys. I didn't sit in a studio with them. And I was like, dude, you're just like, basically what you're saying is that you wanted the A team and you were given the B team. But it's like they're all part of the same crew anyway. So you, you're getting the good stuff. This is the good stuff. Like the music on on here is amazing. I don't know if it's Haggins playing the keys. I should uh, I I didn't go through the the uh, the credits that in depth in depth. But the keys work. Like all those little trills at the beginning at the intro of, of a lot of the songs. Mm. Amazing stuff. And it's like iconic. You hear it. You hear an intro from from these songs, and you're just like, oh, I know what that is that's a banger but still he's still like dissatisfied with his lot like it he feels like man i didn't get what i wanted do you get what i mean it's it's that's why i feel sorry for him in many ways and i sympathize but sometimes i find it difficult to sympathize with him because he just sounds a bit ungrateful comes across like a prick he comes across a prick bit ungrateful bit ungrateful a bit a bit overly defensive as well and it's like Dude, come on! And it's every interview. I, I, I could, I could let one interview go, but this was like a podcast, the Questlove podcast. He sounded like this, he sounded like like that on the one he did back in the day in two thousands, like when he should have been riding high. He sounded like kind of like that. A print interview I read, even in print, Ash, he just sounds like, dude, what is wrong with you? And you're Why twenty you- years in. You're 20 years in. You should be grown. You should be oh, man. accepting of this for every, all that it is and all that it was and be happy with the good points. And if you have not released the album that you wanted to, just go and release the album that you want to. And don't worry about anyone else. Just drop it. Dude. Just drop it. Dude, Simple. How often have we spoken about, like, I think I mentioned this about D'Angelo and, and understanding his journey. And basically, his journey the reason why he's take, he's, he takes so long between albums is because he's trying to find 
he's trying to release that album that he wants to release you know brown sugar was great but that's not the that's not that's not the album that he wanted to release you know so it happens to everybody but like you say just go and release the album that you want to release then go, go and record the album that you want to release i should say um especially he's got he's still got a fan base of thousands of people that will support him dude he will he could sell out jazz you know? Like, no problem. How many days in a row could he sell at Jazz Caf? Like, no come on. problem. Come on, man. That's a, and that's a great career and legacy. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Ash, best of the rest. <laughs> I feel like we're bashing him a bit too much. <laughs> best of the, best of the rest. I'll let you go first, and then I'll do mine. Uh, my best of the rest. So, I uh, again, I talk about that journey in the album. So you've got you have Just Friends, and then you've got Merry Go Round, which is amazing like amazing storytelling maybe my part my is playing tricks on me but i could have sworn he's like a rapper he's like a poet and he's doing it as he's singing that how can love escape your grasp without you ever letting go is one of the most brilliant lines mm. of a breakup song i've mm. ever heard it's it's awesome um musically as well as yeah just the storytelling brilliant this is this is one of the ones where i would say it it leans more into the R and B side. Would you? Would you agree? Definitely. On this one? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, lo- it's lovely though. It's nice. It's, this. It's still got the overriding roads feel to it, but mm. it, it plays on on that, and it, it it kind of puts him into that market of of what a male R and B singer should be doing, which is singing the songs that women want them to sing and wish that the guy was feeling, or you know, like all mm. of that. And he he does that. The next song, one four three is a massive favorite of mine again just a lovely way of talking about i love someone and a really really nice love song um i love it musically again all of these tracks along with love that follows onto it they just Mm -hmm. they're just this nice little intro that as soon as you just said it as soon as you hear these first couple of notes and these first couple of bits Mm -hmm. you know exactly what the song is Mm -hmm. Uh, but also they don't kick it in it's just uh, what what's that first line? How well, many it, times have I called you while you were working just to say? Yeah. Left messages on you. Like it doesn't build in. It just it just allows the lyrics to do the job that it needs to do. And it, it's a really wonderful signature of his musicianship and his songwriting and them coming together because that's not just him. That's mm-hmm. the producers and, and the musicians as well figuring out that actually Absolutely. this really works Absolutely. and we're going to keep on building it throughout the song and we'll bring in some shakers and we'll bring in the percussions <laughs> you know the way the mm-hmm. bass comes in on one three mm, boom yeah boom, doo, doo, doo. it's not and it's not really like there are definitely live elements of the album but it, it, it's not it's really a well produced album it's, and again which leans it more into the R&B side of things because it doesn't feel like it's completely live musicians band rocking out and playing like it, it's it's well produced but um I, I i really love that moment of the album so tracks four five six and seven uh, it's it just a great coming together of four amazing hit after hit after hit after hit quality songs and then when you come out of that and track eight which i can't remember what it's called but um which is which is what, just my, my girl uh yeah my yeah, girl yeah which isn't a standout song but actually after everything you've you've been hit with it's a really nice light relief 
and just takes the pressure off of what you've just experienced and it gives you a nice good feel good barbecue vibe song which isn't a standout and you could skip for it but if you were listening to the album as a whole it kind of keeps you moving and keeps you going um it dies off after that uh for me but um yeah I, i've yeah, I still got more. I still got more that I love about this album. Settle for My Love is a wonderful, beautiful love song. Um, and that is your classic soul cut from the album. I can't remember. I think it's Patrice Russian, um, who's, who it's a cover of. And again, great use of Aries of the male and the female telling the love story. Just settle for what I'm giving you. Like, not that anyone should be settling, but like, what I'm giving you is good. Like, see that, be a part of that, be happy with that, appreciate that, take it. Oh, amazing love story. Um, and it's not theirs, but again, I think they do uh, a fantastic job kind of delivering that. Um, go on, you you tell All me right. yours, so, what you're feeling. So, <clears throat> one, four, three definitely is up there for what you said uh i like merry go around um but i love i can't help but love it and i don't know why i just think the original is just okay and this version is great but ellie's gone his version of ellie's gone dude it was i had the other day i'd walked into my office i get into work quite early right so it was about eight o'clock walked into my office and then i haven't even taken off my headphones yet and it came on Dude, I was dancing around my office. Uh, it just, uh, it, it just to me, it just something about having vocals, having like singing on it, and it's just like the way sort of like it works with the band. Although it sounds like he just sort of like lifted, li- just put, just stuck his vocals on top of it. Dude, it works so well, and it's just so good. Just like with the BVs, like the mm-hmm. in the second verse when it's like. I could tell that you laced it, yes indeed, because I could tell when you taste it. Yeah, it's just like I'm just like, ah I don't even smoke, dude. But I'm just like it just <laughs> kills me. I just can't I can't cope. Like when it comes, I'm just like, oh sort of like I it, it gives me I get that stank face like I'm in the band playing bass or something, Ash. I, it, it it gives I get that emotion. Weird I know, yeah. but it just does it for me. Um That's a banger. It is a banger, but only his version. <laughs> the, the Roots <laughs> version. The Roots, the Roots version is just, it's a good song, but it's not a banger, whereas this is a banger. Uh, where else do I... Yeah, Settle For My Love. Whoops. Settle For My Love. Oh. Yeah, Speechless. That's a, a big tune. Speechless, speechless a bit. Is, I pressed it by accident. Tune, I pressed bro. it by accident. As soon as I heard it, again, the intro, right? The intro came in, I was like, oh yeah, I like that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, so, and, and, and just and on that, the, you know, the darling baby, you got me going crazy. Right. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. way they've recorded uh-huh. it and the the lines come in. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. A girl told me. A girl told me that that song made. I made her feel that way about that song. Or oh, seriously, she that song she thought of me. I was like. Wow. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> You'll I'll take, take it, that. right? So, All day so, long. It's always, so yeah, it's forever going to be in my heart. But like, yeah, you yeah. know, is the way that they break up that song mm. and the um, the breakdown at right at the end as well, where he's just da 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 da. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, exactly. he's yeah, yeah. really good at that stuff. He, he's... Like, and he uh, he only really does it on that and and just friends. And he, like, yeah, hear for more of that. I feel like. 
we should interview him, Ash. And no, it, we it, it, it would be no. no, it would be more, it'd be more like now we won't approach it like 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 the other ones. We won't be just be asking him questions because we've seen all the interviews. We know what his feelings are. It'd be more like an intervention, and 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 more like giving him a virtual hug and saying, "Music, listen, it's okay, it's okay, listen, dude." This guy rolls <laughs> with some of the greatest people in the game. He you does, think right? None of them have tried to do that to him and told him to fix up. Do you know what's really funny? It sounded like it sounded like on the Questlove um, podcast. I reckon they've given up on him. It sounded like he had beef with Questlove. It's, it sounded but like he does. He but does. for what? He does. So you heard that whole story about him about the um, the break you off song and how he wasn't the first choice. And That's how they, right. That's right. Yeah, he was holding on to that. He was so bitter about it. Then on the Questlove pod where he's with Jazzy <laughs> Jeff. Okay. Questlove tells the story of the iconic Soulquarians photo shoot by, yeah. with Badu and Dilla mm-hmm. and Common and all of that lot. So, so music hadn't really dropped yet, and he was about. So he was about the building, and the Ivar Ivar Cohen, the big guy at Def Jam at the time, who went on to become an even super big music. Oh, Leo Leo Cohen. Leo Cohen. Yeah. 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 So he's there, and he's saying, "Look." I need music to be in this photo shoot. Can we let him in? Can you get him mm. in? Because he recognizes the power of this shot. And even mm. though music hasn't come out yet, if mm. we get him in this shot, it's going to certify him and stay right. They didn't let him in the shot. <laughs> and Quest was like, music who? Music? I, I, don't, I don't really know. Even though he kind of knows who he is and he's from Philly and he kind of knows who he is. Like... You know, and to be fair, like he wasn't rolling with them at that time. He wasn't involved in all the projects, so he had no right being in that in that uh, photo shoot for that moment. Uh, yeah, maybe roots, a year later. The roots sound like pricks as well. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they sound like pricks. Hey, I would, but I would have said no as well. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> I, I would. Have, I would have liked to have thought that I would have remembered him. Right. But right. I would have said no because this is about. He's not here yet. He's not. He's not. He's not there yet. He's not no. at this level yet, you no, know? No. But I can imagine him, him still holding on to that. Dude. <laughs> and not being a part of it. Everything. He would have looked great in the picture. But, right. you know? And then, so tell me, uh, sorry, so we're digressing, but um, Ashley's got the story. So what is his beef now with... So he's still upset that he wasn't the first person, their first, the first choice to sing Break You Off. Yeah. Ba- basically, Why does he so care? I- that so is I think my he, favorite root song. Does it matter? I, I think he played around with the demo and was one of the first people that was singing it. And then they wanted it to go to a few other people. And I can't remember the different names, but it, it went around. I think Jill was one of them, right? I think I heard that Jill was yeah. one of them. And um, they didn't make it work. And it managed to come back around to him. And it was him that recorded it and did it and killed it. Killed and it, it. Was, it, 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 killed it. It, it helped embody his. Mm-hmm. His legacy and his place in the neo soul game, like in the Philly scene, like you know, it's is iconic and it brought him out to so many more people that hadn't even listened to his first album. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't think the second album had come out yet. It might have done. I'm not too sure on the timing of it all, but mm-hmm. you know, it again, it, it built into that period of his first two albums and him, like I said, solidifying himself as a certified neo-soul artist. Because um, he has that standing more than Rashawn Patterson does. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's in it. And it's because of this work. 
that he did. Um, but yeah, there, there ain't no saving that guy, man. No. I'll, I'll be shocked if there if there was. No. It, you know, I I there's this one thing that uh, that I was left with when I listened to the podcast. Uh, the last thing I'll say about it was when he. I've never heard a man sound so ungrateful when thanking somebody for something. So he thanked Questlove for them bringing him out to some show that they did. He thanked him, but he couldn't sound it more like, instead of saying thank you, it sounded like he was saying fuck you. That's what it sounded like to me. But he it, it was like saying, yeah, man, thanks for having me. But his voice and the, like, the way it just came across, I was just like, dude, this guy is something else. But there, there is a point on that interview where he, he talks about not being able to match up to people's expectations of him and he doesn't want to be out there if he's not matching up to their expectations. So there's a part of him that recognises that he's not in a place where he can go out there and be what people want him to be or need him to be. Because, again, we're, we're both coming off this interview thinking, oh, who is this guy? What's mm-hmm. he, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, and he, to, to fairness, to his fairness, he is partially aware of it. Mm. He just still doesn't know how to handle it yeah. or how to deal with it. But at uh, this, and I feel sorry for him on that see, side of things. At this point, where I would say he's at the latter end of his career. <laughs> like, I would say at this point, all people want from you is they want to go see you and they want to hear you sing those classic tunes. That's that's yeah. all they want. You don't have to live up to anything at all, okay? And if you can't already, do already... that, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's like you're not trying to get new new people. You're just all you're doing is is giving giving something to people that already love you. He, he talks about that a lot. He talks about the numbers and how the numbers are dwindling on his albums. And I've tried to give you what you want. You told me you wanted this and I've tried to give you that, but the numbers don't match up. So now I'm going to give you something else. I've, and, I've, heard, I've heard that. I was like, that has nothing to do with it. It's just like, it's just... It's this just, is the game. That's the Exactly. Thank, thank you, Ashley. That's how it goes. The numbers have been dwindling for every artist we've spoken about, just about, like... Do you know what I mean? But, but not even on that level. On on the fact of the level is that Alicia Keys probably does not have the same amount of listeners or fans as she did on her first album. No way, in, no. In exactly the same way that... Uh, uh, um, well, actually, Moonchild have grown, so I, I can't do them. But um, was it Hiotis Coyote? Well, how do I say their name? The Australian band. Oh. Um... Awful band. <sighs> really bad shows you how much we're just into our neo soul stuff but um you know again like you you have these peaks (laughs) you have these peaks and it's very rare that you find an artist like maxwell who can who can come back after having delivered four albums Mm -hmm. and come out with uh midsummer night black midsummer nights the album that came out in midsummer nights midsummer nights something pretty wings pretty wings like you know bad bad habits Bad yeah, habits. and can drop an album like that, but Ash- and and just take him all the way but- back to where he was. That's and- a sick album, though, Ash. Come on, man. You know, but and that, <laughs> but that's my point. Like, it's extremely rare for you to come back after delivering a it couple is. of great albums, it is. and it, it all starts falling off. And you've built your core tribe who are mm. supporting you and backing you through thick and through thin. They love you to then hit an album or drop an album that puts you back into new people's ears and have people coming back to your music and give you a new peak or a new height. What my point is that you lose relevance. Right. 
you lose relevance as an artist, which means that you're not as important to other people. And new people come through, and it's just exactly. a natural part of the music game and and how people like stuff. Exactly. That's why yeah. TV shows can't really last more than six or seven seasons. Like they they run out of stories. Not that the characters do don't have stuff to give, but you've given so much in seasons two and season three that you know you end up pettering out and not really having too much it's time for a, a new story telling the same a new character telling the same story that's what people yeah, need exactly you know and yeah man he's had it he's had his time yeah that, he did good though he did great that kind of that kind of i do have, up, really. i do have one more story though go on so my my favorite track from the album mm. was the last track which is called North Star. And basically, when this album first came out, the album had 15 songs on it. 15 songs. Long us, long stuff. And I remember, so I used to listen to Matt White, who was on Kiss FM, and he used to do a show on Tuesday and Thursday nights. And he, and he played this song. I was like, and music started singing. I was like, what's this? I don't know what this song is. And he, he played the song and it's funky as hell, absolute bang art, amazing BV lines on it. And um, he gets to the end of the song and he's like, and that's for all, that's Music Soul Child. And for all you fans who've got the album who don't know what that song is, it's because the UK edition, which comes out next week, has two bonus tracks on it and you don't have it yet. One of the liberties of that time in age was that there were UK editions and import editions. And if you went out and bought the import album, which was probably more expensive because it hadn't been released by the UK label yet, they would then release the UK or European version, which would have more tracks on it that do you, know, you don't have. Ash, Liberty. Do you, know, do you know why I used Liberty. to go? You know, there was a period where I used to go searching for like the Japanese issue of an album because I then because I because you, you got all these imports and you used to find like oh the Japanese versions usually have like extra extra tunes and and like at that point you just want the most the most tunes you can get of an artist because you love them so much. But there was a period like that and it's like that is such a wild time. And you know what's really reminded me of it? Going like researching these albums um as we do the podcast i go into that website i think it's called discogs or something like that yeah right and there they've got a list of every album every version of the album that was ever issued and dude trying to trying to trying to go through them all and it's like to a person to a young person that website must it must seem like it's wild stuff they're like why is there like eight different versions of this album because they were like, the, especially companies are greedy and horrible. And Ash, shit. especially during the time when they were still doing cassettes, right? So you got like CD version, and then you got like four different CD versions, but then you got a cassette version, and there's a couple different versions of the cassette version of it as well. Because obviously, oh, it's, it's mental. It's mental when you go through it. And then obviously, there's still some vinyl on there for like, uh, mate, it's crazy. Jill Scott's album, I swear, I swear it was like 12 different versions of, of our album. It was mental when I was going through it. I was like, this is this is crazy. So, so why the industry is in a bad place. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. Anyway. Anyway. That was that was good. It sounded like we bashed him a bit. And probably we did bash him a bit. But but I love so much of that album. Hey, hey, we we were very if you we've been very effusive in our praise of his of his out of his album and his work and his talent. It's just his personality is jacked up. 
that's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, definitely listen to the album though. It's definitely worth the mm. listen. Still, the I like the second one a lot, but yeah, still his best one. His, his best work for me. Um, yeah. yeah, easily. And uh, yeah, just don't listen to any interviews. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, don't go down that rabbit hole. Like, yeah, don't. please trust it's, me. It's, 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 it's not worth ending. it. It's, it's gonna hurt ending. you. Just yeah, yeah. Just especially stick to the music. Especially if you're really big. Like I'm not his like biggest biggest fan, but there are people he's got like proper hardcore fans. If you're one of those people, don't listen to don't listen to the interviews and especially the Questlove podcast. Don't do that because it will just like color your view forever. Anyway, Ash. Hit me with an Ash Recommends and then we'll get out of here. Um, what I am going to do is mm-hmm. because on the back of this album, I wanted to go through some of his back catalogue. Yeah, some of the albums that I'd stopped listening to. Mm-hmm. So um, I never gave a lot of time to On My Radio, which was, I think it's like his fifth album or his sixth album, mm. which came out in 2008. No. There is a track on there called Until, which is an absolute banger absolute banger of a tune um straight after that he's got a a, a, a ballad anthem with mary j blige called if you leave which is which is spelled i-f-u-l-e-a-v-e it's all one word as opposed to being separate so he's still doing it in 2008 like but um there's actually some some real gems on that on my radio album which okay. i reckon some of our listeners would have listened to and would have been on but um I definitely dropped off of him by the time that that I dropped off of him on Buddy. When he dropped Buddy, that was that was me. Yeah, I, I don't think I I think I tapped out after that. But there's there's some gems on that album. So if you haven't ever checked it out, if you only ever listen to albums one, two, and three, didn't really go much further. Um, yeah, there's some yeah, that's me. I went up to f- no, I think I I thought I did the fourth, but I think I just went up to um the third Soul Star, and then just got little bits and pieces of the rest after that but there is one on soul star that because you picked a song from a random album i was like i was listening to one the other day and now i can't remember the name of it oh anyway it'll come to me yeah, soul I... star, there's an awesome song with anthony hamilton and mr cheeks yeah uh yeah, yeah. There's, there's some real good bits on soul star actually and again just a testament to to him and his voice and his vocal delivery and his storytelling he's just good at making nice warm stuff man mm. like yeah that's your lane bruv stay in it yeah and I'll, I will say this as well like um the second album um is an excellent half listen. crazy half crazy yeah the second half album crazy. is half. a great listen there are some people um that who 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 I know only got into him from the second album and yeah. even though they've they've gone back and now they've listened to the first album because just listen was their first, they're just like nah, bro. This it's all about it's all about that for some people that I know. But yeah, it's really good as well. Like he's got he's got he's got a good amount of tracks, like awesome tracks. He's a great writer. So yeah, well worth a listen and uh, well worthy to be spoken about on our podcast. Mm. <sighs> good. Ash, can I just say something? Your recommends from Jill Scott, uh, what are they the called? Salt. Bad, innit? Brother, man. I Bad. Stop rinsing. Do you know what? And they bring out albums like really, really quickly, right? So 
the one that you told me about, there was, they, they brought up one about a few months prior to that. So I've been listening to both. And mm. it's just so crazy. It's like, I assumed, right, my assumption was that it was going to be like soul. That's what, that was my assumption. I don't know what the hell this shit is that I'm listening to. Nah, <laughs> it's, nah, it's, it's wild. It's a wild Hybrid. ride. It's a wild ride. And um, it's really, it's just really good pop music, I think. It's pop music. I'm saying pop. Because <laughs> okay. it's like, it's it's like a mishmash of like, like so many different genres. I mean, the singer, her name, why have I forgotten her name? Cleo Soul. Thank you, Ashley. She's like a soul singer, right? Right? Yeah. I, like Neo Soul, I would say, like her own stuff kind of has that vibe. But like within this project, so you got her voice and it gives it that kind of Neo Soul sound. But then the producer, whose name I've forgotten again, he's doing the beats. The beats are, do you know what they remind me of, actually? It reminds me of how eclectic Danger Mouse can be. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what it reminds me of. And it, it's funny that they worked together, the producer and Danger Mouse worked on uh, Mike, Kuen, one, of, one of his albums. Kuenuka, yeah. One of his albums together. Um, um, so it, 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 that made a lot of sense to me. And yeah, sorry sorry to, to, to go back to another one, but I'm just saying it's just like that. It's, it's genius work, man. I, yeah, I, I go brilliant. as far as to say it's genius work. It's not for everybody, maybe a bit too eclectic for some, but everybody I've put onto it so far have liked it. Like especially that free tune, which is mm. mental. It's a mental song, but everyone I've everyone, there's no one that said there's no one that I've played it to and they said to me, nah, that is too weird or nah. It's very much of the time making oh, political statements through music and. Yeah. It's... Yeah, and not giving a shit either, like unapologetically political, and, yeah. and not giving a shit, which I appreciate it because sometimes people can be too safe. <laughs> mm. And um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. So um, sorry to jump on Ashley's recommends from a couple of weeks ago, but yes, I re-recommend it. It's good, all of it. Like cool. they got two, they got two albums. Like go listen to them both. <laughs> They're that good. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's it. Ash, come to the end. Yes, indeed. That one went fast. We had a lot to say. We've been here a long time. <laughs> Acoustic Soul, India RE, coming up. This, I think it's going to be another interesting one. Hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Polarizing. The second wave. Not polarizing. Nah, it's not polarizing. No, just nah. good. Just good. Just good. Although... I'll just preface this. I'll leave this. So there was a period. I don't know if you remember this period actually when she was out and Alicia Keys was out, and it was like a blood and Crips. Who do you prefer, Alicia Keys, Ian Yari? <laughs> like now, listeners, think about that. <laughs> that's wild, right? Yeah. I think that's wild. But at the time, it was a thing. I don't know why it was a thing. I mean, they're both out. No but need for it to be a thing. No need. No, no need. But there was definitely a thing, especially. Um, I noticed this uh, when we were at uni and obviously we did music at uni. A lot of the female vocalists, they, they used to do Indiari Alicia Key tunes a lot, right? Yeah. That was the one. Like, you would think, you think, oh, like, there'd be some Jill Scott in there, some Erica Badu. I mean, there was a little bit, but in Indiari Alicia Keys, they were definitely of the time, 2000, yeah. two, that, that early 2000s times. Your Super female, influential. Super your influential. Female vocalist. Your female vocalist then, yeah. That was that was the vibe. 
And it's funny. Alicia Keys is still about now. India Re. We don't know. But we'll talk about it more on the next one. Yeah. Ashley, thank you once again. Thank thank people. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Ashley. I couldn't get it out. Thanks for listening, people, once again. Um, if you made it this far. Appreciate you. you. Really appreciate you. <laughs> this far into this podcast or this far into our into our catalogue? <laughs> Which one? Both. No, into this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And if you yeah, and if you're still listening uh after eleven episodes, uh well done. And like, <laughs> well done and you're a soldier. And I'll and I appreciate it. Um yeah, so hit us up at all the usual places. Um at Reflections MUS one on Twitter. Uh, what is it on what's the Instagram Ash uh, Reflections Music Reflections podcast. Music Podcast on Instagram um, you'll find me on Twitter Jamie John Cheat um, yeah yeah Ash Roy Ash Roy me. Ash Roy where do you prefer they hit you up Ash Roy or Music as Remedy wherever um, I'm easy because sometimes sometimes I'm adding you and I'm like I'm just going to add both and sometimes I add one and I'm like oh he'll get it he'll just get it he'll get them both it's fine but yeah hit us yeah. up and uh, thanks again for listening and uh, it's been a great one Ash nice beeps see you next one bye bye <laughs>